Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Okay, so there's probably some confirmation bias on my part here. I'm going to be careful to, to separate that. Uh, when it comes to, to alcohol consumption, and in particular moderate consumption, Okay, and we'll use that as our starting point because I, th- I think we all realize that, that excessive alcohol consumption has numerous negative health impacts. But is that true for moderate consumption? Is it possible that moderate alcohol consumption might even have some health benefits? So there's been a lot of research done on all of this, and it becomes one of those issues where it's almost as though there's too much research or that the research seems confusing or conflicting, or maybe even tainted. Uh, There's been some coverage recently uh, of a study that was done uh, in the U.S. uh, regarding potential benefits of moderate consumption uh, that is now being criticized and will apparently be repealed or terminated, I guess you want to put it that way, because of concerns that it was uh, tainted that there was some funding, industry-related funding, that might have steered it in a certain direction. But other studies have pointed to the same thing. Now, we got a study of this week on uh, lifetime alcohol use and mortality and cancer risk that does indeed show that, that heavier consumption can increase one risks, uh, one's risk of cancer, yeah, oddly, I mean, it's a J-shaped association, as they call it, which means that the line goes down before it goes up. Does that somehow imply that moderate alcohol consumption can lower your risk of cancer? So I want to try to, to sort through all of this and, and the challenge we all face at times in confronting these questions that are very relevant to us in our health, but where we get a lot of evidence to sort through. Timothy Caulfield uh, joins us, Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy. It's a Trudeau Fellow and Professor of the Faculty of Law and School of Public Health, Research Director of the Health Law Institute, and also author of the book, Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything? Tim, great to have you back with us. You're welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Rob. So is this one of those areas where people are understandably confused? Yeah. You know, again, confirmation bias going on here. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm confused, right? I'm confused, and I've been following this pretty closely for, for years, and I think you nailed it. The, the, the problem is that the data is, it is complex here. It is complex here. Um, the data kind of tells us, it hints that a moderate amount may have a cardiovascular benefit, right? So it reduces your risk for cardiovascular disease. And we're talking moderate amount here. One to two a day is generally what has been considered moderate, but then there's also an increase in cancer risk, right? So you have these two things playing against each other. More recent research has suggested that moderate might even be less than that, like one a week kind of thing, right? So uh, it, it, that, there's that complexity. 
But in addition to that, this really highlights the degree, how, you know, how difficult it is to do good nutri- nutrition research because, Rob, we can't do uh, an RCT, a randomized controlled trial, right? You can't put 10,000 people on alcohol, 10,000 not on alcohol, you know, control var- uh, variables and then follow them for, um, you know, 50 years. So it's hard to get definitive data. So you work with the best available evidence you have. Rob, layer on top of that, the known social harms associated with alcohol, right? You know, we don't, you, I think clinicians hesitate to recommend the drinking of alcohol because of, the, you know, the grave harms associated with it, whether you're talking about accidents or, or violence or addiction. So it is a really, really complex area. And we have a complex relationship with it because, you know, we recognize these harms and, and they are very real and measurable. But, you know, a lot of society almost revolves around it. It's it's very much uh, something that, that can bring people together in a social way. And, and there's almost, you know, something to be said for the, the benefit of, of that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's cultural, right? I mean, there are entire um, you know communities built around. Think about wine, right? Something yeah. like that. And I love beer, right? So it, it it is you know you put all that in the mix also, and of course there's also it's a huge industry, right? Which you know can yeah, influence yeah. the data. You know, you know. So the way my takeaway, um, and I think it's a fair takeaway given all of the data, uh, is that. Uh, that moderation me- message remains, right? It remains. And I think that we should err on the side of truly moderate, you know, um, as opposed to, you know, two, three a day, really err on the side of moderate, moderate drinking. I think that I think that most people would agree with that. Most clinicians, most scientists would agree with that conclusion. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, it's generally a good rule of thumb when it comes to a lot of things, but as, especially on something like this, where you know, even when we want to put the cancer question aside, that there are other reasons to be concerned about excessive alcohol intake. But if then it's also a, a cancer risk, it's all the more reason to to approach it with caution, isn't it? Uh, that, that's right. That's right. But remember, remember, you, as you as you noted, there is some evidence. You have that J-shaped um, response, right, that a little bit of alcohol might be protective, right? And it was interesting because years ago when that data really started to seem more robust, there were interesting discussions around clinicians as, you know, should we recommend people start drinking? Um, uh, you know, I don't think we're there, right? I don't think we're there. But but I do think that it's one of those examples of this confused messaging that it often permeates popular culture around nutrition and, and beverages and even exercise, right? All these sort of healthy habits that we're supposed to adopt, you know, and, and I think it's always safe to focus, you know, look at that body of evidence. What does it say here? It also says, you know, what it says in a lot of places, moderation. Now, the, there, there was the issue around coffee and acrylamide, and we, we talked about that, uh, we did a segment recently on the, on the show about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, acrylamide uh, is, is a carcinogen, but... It doesn't mean that that drinking coffee is is going to cause cancer. I mean, it's just you know you'd have to drink hundreds of cups a day, and in which case the caffeine would probably kill you before anything else. When it comes to alcohol, it's it's a little safer to say. I mean, can we say with certainty? I mean, alcohol is is a carcinogen. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think it is fair to say. I, it and, and you know there has been a lot of discussion, you know, critiquing this idea of cancer risk, right? You know, uh, there are, that the World Health Organization has this this list, and it feels like everything is on it, right? You know, life right. does cause cancer, but it, I, I think there is absolutely consens- uh, a consensus, uh, particularly when you're talking about excessive amounts of alcohol, you know, more than moderate, that it's associated with various kinds of cancer, uh, and I think there is a pretty robust data set to support that. 
So it would seem counterintuitive if we were to draw the conclusion from this this newly published research that that somehow a little bit of a carcinogen can actually protect you against cancer. So how do we we sort through that? And you know, when we we see at least the indicators pointing a little bit downwards, uh, I, I mean, some of us maybe want to take take that away. There's the confirmation bias again, but I don't know. I mean, is that possible? Uh, it is possible. And keep in mind, generally speaking, these are cohort studies, right? And so what they're seeing is a reduction in mortality, right? And so that's a complex uh, endpoint, right? A lot of things could be driving that. Um, for example, sometimes these studies are critiqued because what they're saying is, well, you're just seeing, um, uh, you're not seeing causation, you're seeing correlation. So perhaps people that drink in moderation, their, their lives in general are moderate. You know, these are the kind of people that exercise, that good, get a good night's sleep, that have good relationships. So that moderate drinking is really just a marker for a moderate lifestyle, which is a healthy lifestyle. Right. So, I mean, conversely, then, it is, also, is it also possible that, that heavy drinkers also have unhealthy lifestyles in many other ways? Uh, and people have noticed that, you know, do they maybe smoke more, they don't sleep as well, they have disrupted sleep, you know, all of these things. Having said that, I mean, uh, alcohol is a chemical, and I think it's fair, they feel, I, I do think the data is sufficient to suggest that this is definitely carcinogen, particularly at, at high levels. Yeah. Um, Again, we don't have these randomized controlled trials, but you look at the best available evidence, and it's pretty robust in that domain. Well, and as you say, I mean, how how much of a challenge is it to do that, that kind of research? How can we get a more definitive answer here? Uh, you know, as you started at the, when you said uh, at the beginning, you know, maybe we have too much research. You know, this, I don't know if there's ever too much research, but you make a really important <laughs> point, I think, because um, are we ever, ever going to be able to create um, the the methods, right, the, the, the research that's going to allow us to get a definitive answer? And they, probably not. And this is the case with a lot of nutrition research. So all we can do is our best, right, and <laughs> try, to, try to look at the data sets uh, to point us in the right direction. And once again, that direction is moderation. Right. And I mean, it, it needs to be truly independent research. And I mentioned at the outset, there's this controversy involving the National Institutes of Health, and they're shutting down this uh, study on, on moderate drinking, because not just because of industry funding, but what they say are ethical and scientific lapses in, in how this was planned and executed, which, which is unfortunate, because maybe the findings or what they found is, is legitimate, but it casts doubt on what, what is an important question to answer. So we, we need to make sure that it's, it's sound research, it's robust research, it's independent research. That, that's right. And often with these kinds of studies, in fact, our, our one came up very recently um, that I shared on, our, on your tw- uh, Twitter feed. Uh, and the first thing I do is I check wh- where the funding's from, right? And uh, who funded the project, especially with these controversial topics, right? Um, you want to make sure that that, that research is independent um, or at least there's an independent voice involved in the interpretation uh, of, of the data. And we've seen that with the sugar research. We've seen that with the coffee research, right? We've seen that in other areas. And if, if that independence isn't there, you can lose public trust pretty quickly. Yeah, good point. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot, Rob. Take care. Uh, Tim Caulfield of the University of Alberta, Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy so the School of Public Health, also Research Director at the Health Law Institute, uh, and his terrific book, Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything? So as he said, it, it's pretty clear. It's a, a safe assumption to, to, that, that drinking a lot is bad. 
high doses of alcohol is not a good idea. Heavy drinking is unhealthy. That much we know, and we can say that with certainty. And that there seems to be enough evidence to indicate that heavy alcohol consumption does increase risk of cancer. And it increases the risk of a lot of other things. Now, heart disease, liver disease, right? There's, there's a fairly long list. What about moderate drinking? Uh, Terrence Corcoran of the Financial Post writes, Everybody knows that excessive alcohol consumption is bad for health and sanity and a potential killer. As for lighter, moderate consumption, a 2016 paper based on the U.S. Nurses' Health Study concluded that although moderate drinking appears to increase the risk of colon and breast cancer, these risks are more than counterbalanced by the boost in cardiovascular health, especially in middle age and older, when CVD accounts for an increasingly large share of disease and death. Another study on beer says the evidence consistently suggests there is a lower risk of disease for moderate alcohol consumers than for abstainers. Another study published this week reached similar conclusions. Uh, the study was published this week that we're just talking about. The Association of Lifetime Alcohol Use with Mortality and Cancer Risk in Older Adults, a cohort study. So they, in the research, they say, why was this study done? They say the detrimental impacts of heavy alcohol intake are well known. They say light moderate drinking has also been suggested to be protective for cardiovascular disease, which has led to contradictory public messages. We conducted this study to further understand the complex relationship between light moderate alcohol consumption, cancer, and mortality. So they say these results could help inform future guidelines, which currently recommend less than two drinks per day for men and less than one drink per day for women. And they also caution this evidence should not be taken to support a protective effect of light drinking, even though it shows that. Even on the, the cancer question, there's that J-shape, where there seems to be a lower risk for moderate drinkers. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.